Everyman Podcast. Yavrama. Yavrama. How are you doing? It is time for the Everyman. Daryl Campbell, my co-host and faithful friend. How are you, brother? Man, I'm doing great, man. I'm in the presence of excellence on the cosmic canoe journey that will never end, bro. We're on the journey. We're in we're in there together. And uh, you know, here we are, another week, another pod. We've had a we've had a great summer. The summer's winding down here. Awesome summer, man. We've been kicking ass, bro. Yeah, we man. really have. Yeah, I'm I'm really uh really enjoying the ride, and uh, of course we thank everybody for for joining uh, joining along with us. And if you're enjoying the show, go ahead and uh, give us a rating in whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify oh. or Stitcher or SoundCloud or iHeartRadio or YouTube. Give us a like, hit subscribe. And uh, stick with us because it's only getting started, brother. Subscribe. That Por favor. is the way of the world. So in review, last couple weeks, we've had uh, some some truly world-class musicians on. Um, Blake Richardson, yep. Dusty Waring from Between the Barry to Me. No bullshit. Yeah. No bullshit there. Andy McKee. Absolutely. No bullshit. Um, and then last week, the one and only... Mike Mangini of Dream Theater. Mike Mangini. Bromance continues, bro. He's, I mean, that was uh, one of my favorite podcasts that we've done yet. I mean, I love them all, but that one was uh, was pretty sick. And, you know, it's still it's still cool to me to, you know, these people that we meet along on this journey and uh, that, that become friends of ours and, and I see him sharing out these, you know, the podcast and it's like, you know, still part of me that that's that's that that fan. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Oh, look at that! There's the Dream Theater uh, drummer there. Just uh, go ahead, post in this interview." Oh, wait, that's that's our show. Yeah, that's it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. So we hope that you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> Daryl and I are working on a uh, on a little project based around what Mike uh, was was telling us about last week on the podcast. We're going to get started mm-hmm. on that here this week. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna document it in our own way and test it out with the world and see see what happens. See if we can affect some change, bro. Yeah, man, that's what it's all about affecting that change, and you know, um, staying central to your truth. You know what I mean? Because a lot can come from just being centered around that, and um, a lot of opportunities, a lot of you know, destiny, a lot of. The everyman way can come from it. You know what I mean? So oh, I think it's, it'll be good, man. It's going to be great. And I think one of the really valuable things, and again, I know it was a long podcast. Maybe you guys didn't all get through it in one shot yet because, uh, you know, our, some of those, we, we tend to get a little uh, deep in the weeds of some of that stuff. And mm-hmm. the the really, it all centers around, like you said there, is being true about who you are, where you want to go, mm-hmm. you know, what your skill set is and, and what, you can use around you to pull yourself up. It's like you're in a swimming pool and you know, there's a ladder. All you got to do is just reach out and grab it and pull yourself up. And, and I really think that Mike um, is, is onto something greater than just uh, I say just, but greater than a uh, platform for, for, for perfecting a instrument or a technique. I mean, I think these are things that, you could apply to your social life, your your family mm-hmm. life, how you how you interact in business. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, as far as 
where you are and where you want to go. And, you know, Daryl, one of the things we talk about a lot is social media and, and what we think the effects of it are. And I think now more than ever, it's, it's, it's never been easier to compare. Right. right. So whether that's like, I want to compare, I'm going to go on StockX and I'm looking at, um, at these Jordan ones versus this color versus this color. I can compare easily how much they cost. And here's pictures of like wearing it with jeans, wearing it with khakis, wearing it with shorts. Right. If you want, like it's, we have all this information now, but the downside to that is like, you're getting these curated manicured snapshots of, of somebody's day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's coming at you in this, on this big high definition display with packed with pixels and every little bit of these programs and these, these social medias, they're, they're designed to, to play on certain aspects of human nature. It's not, Mm -hmm. these things are not just designed because they look nice. They're designed to keep you engaged and to keep you Mm -hmm. using it. And, you know, we've all experienced that, interesting phenomenon where Daryl and I are having a conversation about, you know, uh, boxers, you know, boxer shorts or whatever it is. And, uh, next thing you know, that exact, Oh, here's, here's a under armor compression shorts right there. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, thanks for that. Uh, must either I invented that in my mind or what, you know? So we've all had those experiences with, with social media. And I think, um, it's easy to compare yourself to other people and, oh, yeah. and compare what, someone else might have or you know where you are currently in your profession and i think it's good to keep in the context that like we're all on a on a path we're all on a we're all in in progress mm-hmm. yeah and yeah well i mean i think it's just uh again like i said i think i think the the fundamental applications of what mike you know referred to as it pertains to the grid and how it's uh, it's it's the foundation is about truth and being honest with yourself and who you are, like you were saying, where you want to go. Um, and then you take all of that into conjunction with, you know, the social media aspect, just like you said. And, you know, the comparisons, <laughs> the billboards that my wife was talking about this the other day, just, you know, her trying to deal with her. Um, and she's, she's, she's unbelievable. She's an unbelievable spin instructor slash like soldier as a mom, like, uh, you know, you know, she's, she's, I mean, everything she does is, is top notch. And when you get to the point to where the social media aspect and how you see yourself is, is, um, compared, like you were saying, compared to, the models and the billboards and the, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little big here and I'm not really fit there. And you can see why, like you were saying that more than ever, we need to come back to ourselves, come back to a layer of truth that will help us, you know, reach, um, the pinnacle of what we in ourselves embody and, 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 and keep all the external influences out. You know, um, John Bellion has a song called internet and everybody thinks they're famous. You know what I mean? Because of how they portray themselves, even if it's a lie, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Online, you know, um, it's it would like you don't have to necessarily have to you don't necessarily necessarily have to own it. You don't necessarily have to be it. But if you portray yourself to be that, 
than, you know, for everybody else who utilizes that medium of social media as, you know, their barometer for truth, they'll believe it. And, you know, we, we really shouldn't adhere to that, you know, should be should be so much more than that. And it starts like Mangini was saying within us, you know what I'm saying? So, right. And we, we all have it within us, you know, the, the capacity to hold ourselves to a higher standard, you know, to, uh, to, to not only improve yourself, but then you can share this with, with people you care about and, and help mm-hmm. them make whatever it is that they are into the more efficient, just better, more fulfilling. You know, these, these aren't, we're not putting this stuff out to kind of say that you're, you're doing anything incorrectly. Um, I mean, we're all trying to improve together and, yeah. and like when we pick up a little piece of information like this, um, it's really cool to have somebody like Mike on the show to, to really put it into uh, terms that, you know, we can, we can understand. So, yeah. you know, Mike, uh, thank you for, for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, thanks brother. And it's, you know, we'll see you soon. And, uh, again, thank you. Thank you for all the time. Um, so it, you know, it's been, it's been an eventful summer, lots of mm-hmm. music, lots of cool stuff. And, you know, started this journey with a, with a music, uh, with a dream theater interview. And, you know, we, we wound down the summer with, with the dream theater interview and a couple other, uh, great musicians coming up. We got Tommy Rogers from between the barrier to me, which will be next week. Um, but Daryl fall is upon us. The the leaves have begun to turn. (laughs) We had a crisp fall like weekend. Yeah. It got me really thin. And then the Steelers were on Sunday night on preseason where I was, uh, I was keeping an eye on my boy, Tajay sharp friend of the show. Absolute. Every man, yeah. Uh, he's killing it right now. I've been keeping an eye on him in the, in the preseason. He's, he's got, I got him on my Madden team as well. Nice. Um, so, so, uh, keeping an eye on him. So it was great. Oh, you know, it was great seeing a little, a little football, you know, a little football yeah. in the air. A little, little football, every man going on out there. Football, every man going on. So, so I think, I think we should probably cover a couple of these little, uh, little stories that have been going around the league. So yeah, they're, they're going on, man. Let's so get to it. Big, big deal is Andrew Luck. Oh my God! Kind yeah. of, kind of dropping uh, a bomb on the league and yeah. stepping away. Uh, Twenty nine years old, and mm-hmm. um, he's he's getting out before he gets, uh, I guess, any 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 further injured. And Daryl, offline, I, I sent you. I guess it was Saturday night. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, having a few Heineken lights, and I'm cooking yeah. cooking burgers. You know, I'm doing my thing. dead animals. <laughs> yeah, man, doing my thing. You know, it's it's what I do on the weekends. I, I cook meat. And, um, you know, hanging out and the group text just starts lighting up with my fantasy football guys. And everybody's like, Andrew Luck retired. And I'm like, what? I thought, I thought he just had a little bone in his ankle. You know, that was the last that we heard. And the way they were explaining it seemed very suspect to me. But then again, I think, you know, I think a lot of things are suspect. So yeah, I texted you and you shared with me, um, some really insightful, uh, context to that so what's your take on this bro well i mean he's 29 years old you know he's one of the greatest quarterbacks uh in in recent years to um do, you know basically drop him i could say drop himself but one of one of the one of the better quarterbacks in recent years that um have, have graced or has graced the nfl um but 
beyond all that, he's just a person. You know, beyond all that, he's just a man. Um, he's not superhuman. He's not immortal. You know, he has feelings. He's, he, you know, he's flesh and blood, you know, um, and he has every right to say when he wants his career to end, um, how he wants it to end, you know, um, when injuries are involved. And this, this I, I'll, I'll say because I've been injured several times, um, you know, torn ACL left diffuse all the way through the patella. Um, right uh, knee surgery, reconstructed knee surgery, actually. Uh, nerve damage in my left shoulder. shoulder, uh, Elbow. Um, I have, at one point in time, had all the ligaments on my right hip over my hip, body mid-cast for several months. And thankfully, thank God, after all of those injuries, I was able to come back, play, and then end my career on my own terms. Some some players don't ever get that that luxury. Some players push past the injuries and are affected even more by another injury. And when they come back from that one, they're lamed or maimed or crippled for life. And they have to try to negotiate their life force not being fully functional because they didn't get out when they when they should have. Uh, same thing with Andrew Luck. You've got a guy who, if record serves me correctly, has torn both of his shoulders, rotators, lacerated kidneys, ankle bones, all that type of stuff has been damaged. And he literally prostrated himself to the media, letting them know that for the last couple seasons he had woken up and been in unbelievable pain every day of his life. Every day. We're not. We're not just talking about like for a very long time and then it went away. He's had to come back from injury, go through physical therapy, even in pain and do that for his entire life. And then he got up one day and said, you know what? I think enough is enough, man. You know, I want to run around with my family, my kids. I want to be functional. I don't want to have to get to a point to where, you know, I can't do this. So, um, I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. Some people will blast him and say, hey, he's still young. He's 29. He's, he seems to be reasonably healthy. He can bounce back from this. It's a mental thing. Shame him mentally. Shame him for not having the, the chutzpah to continue through the pain. You know, let the bodies hit the floor mentality. Nah, man, that's his body. That's his family. Um, that's his way of life. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you from playing with guys who have been in the league double digit years and have gone past that point and have wrecked themselves, thoroughly wrecked themselves. They can't run around with their kids and still talk about it, still try to drink through pain, still try to use opiates or whatever it is they can to get off of that mental hell or get out of that mental hell that they're in from not making the right decision when they should have. He did everything that he was supposed to do in the right way and fashion. So, you know, I, I, I applaud Andrew for saying, Hey, at 29 years of age, you know, so he can enjoy the rest of his, you know, hopefully and prayerfully just blessed and long life and full with full functional, full body facility 
mentally, you know, mental capacity, he'll be fine. So, I mean, that's my take. That's my take. I I think you could, I mean, I I couldn't, couldn't say anything better than that, man. And, you know, getting to know you and hearing uh, kind of these little, I mean, you don't spend a lot of time. You're not the kind of type of dude that spends a lot of time, you know, telling woe stories about your injuries or anything like that. But anytime it do, it does come up, it really is, has made me, I don't want to say reconsider, but it's affected how I, I view the game because, you know, now I have a personal connection to the idea of these injuries. And, you know, I think about when I, when I f- hear this kind of stuff, I think about you and I think, man, you know, I can't imagine my, my brother having to deal with something like that. You know, these, these crazy, um, injuries and just, you know, to get to that point when you're in the NFL from, from my understanding, you know, you're, you're a, a machine physically and mentally. And sometimes these guys, they don't have it in them to, to take it back a notch. There's only like, they can only like Brett Favre. Brett Favre yeah. only could be Brett Favre. He wasn't going to go out there and play a Matt Ryan type safe and smart game. He was going to go out there and yeah. sling that thing until he couldn't. And then that's what he did. He went out, you know, he, he went out on his sword, on his shield, just like, mm-hmm. you know, so many of those guys do. I, the thing that bothers me is, is like you're saying, is I hear people shaming this guy like you said, oh, it's just a mental thing. He can come back to it. We live in such a nuanced age now with 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 society as a, as a whole that there's so many things people have largely agreed that we'll look at through a nuanced lens. Yeah. And then there's things like this where, like you said, I don't care. I want my pound of flesh. I paid yeah. for my season tickets and I want to see X, Y, and Z on the field. Well, yeah. you know... I implore you all to to next time you go to an NFL game, take a look at the language that's used on the back of there. And it explains what it is that you're about to see. And they're not, you're not entitled to seeing. Yeah. I would love to go see Tommy Maddox and Troy Palomaro play on the same team again, but it's not going to happen. They had their, their time. And we don't, uh, we, these guys don't owe us. These athletes don't owe us as fans, anything, you know, and I know, you know, as a fan, I didn't want to see guys retire like Heinz yeah. Ward. I didn't want to see, you know, Jerome Bettis hang it up. But time goes on. And then the beautiful thing about the NFL and just kind of like another one of my favorite entertainment pieces, pro wrestling, is that over time, the story tells itself again. And there'll be a new chapter. And now... Mm-hmm. Now the story in Indianapolis is going to be about, well, this young man, Jacoby, has got uh, he's got an opportunity to to really put this team on his back, and let's let's see what he does, yeah. and let's see where yeah. it goes. And you know, we've discussed this. You you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. Yeah, I just said to one of my one of my buddies the other day, like, you know, who knows who is going to be starting at whatever position week one at this point in the year at at the first week of August, because somebody will retire, somebody right. will God forbid, get injured in a serious manner. And you see that it happens all the time. So um, I feel like this is one of those things, the way that some of these fans have reacted that as time goes on, I think there's going to be a lot of people that regretted how yeah. they acted. 
Yeah, I mean, you got you got to think about somebody coming. You know, you got Andrew Luck coming off of arguably one of his best seasons, if not the best season he's had after and through injury, right? Like the handoff he's given a team. Dude, when somebody comes to you and lets you know exactly how you're feeling and what it is that they're about to do as far as life change for a season, for a team, for a community, that's another thing we fail to forget. I mean, we, we, we fail to remember is that He's not just the Andrew Luck for the Indianapolis Colts. Right. He's Andrew Luck for Indianapolis. He's Andrew Luck for the league. He's Andrew Luck for the country. Like he's Andrew Luck, the human, the player, the you know, um, um, the role model. You know what I'm saying? Like there are other facets to Andrew Luck that we're not losing just because he's not playing for Indianapolis. You know what I'm saying? So you say you you say thank you. You say. You know, good luck to the rest of your, you know, uh, um, re- to your retirement. You know what I mean? Right. Stay around the game. You know what I mean? Because the young people need you. You're 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 a great advocate for change. You're 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 an awesome role model. You know what I mean? And and you know that's how you you keep your legacy going. You know, um, it's and it's another thing too. Like I don't know if it was last season or the season before. You had the whole Vontae Davis thing. The guy had a situation in in the middle of a game. He just, yeah. hey, I can't go out there and quit. <clears throat> and he got the backlash he received was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. And here's the thing. For everyone, this is one of those situations where you got to start, you know, looking at it from the outside in. Take yourself into consideration for this. Whether whatever uh, respective vocation or whether you're in the workforce or whether you do something that's that's of manual labor, it doesn't matter. Even if you're an IT professional, right? If you get to the point to where your body, not your mind, but your body tells you it's over, you don't have a choice. It doesn't matter the time. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how your life is processed up to that point. When your body says no, Brother Jay, you and I both know this. When your body says no, it's over, bro. It really is. Yep. And you 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 have a responsibility to address it with the utmost respect. And if you do not, you will be crippled for life. Or in some cases, you may no longer have a life. You understand? Well, look at look at Ryan Shazier. Look at how how that almost went. Yeah. I mean, that man was and when and you can go look it up, uh, the the doctor said that he was within inches of his life. I mean, he yeah. he nearly died on the field. One one he's he's lined up a half inch to the left. He's he doesn't get up off that field. Yeah, this isn't a yeah. It's a game, and yes, it's entertainment, and uh, we all get wrapped up in it. But these are these are humans. This this is real life, and the uh, the effects of it go far into the future. And yeah. um. You know, mad res- nothing but respect from the Everyman Podcast, Andrew Luck, and we nothing but respect. We wish him the the best in his in his retirement, and hopefully he gets his body back together. and And I'm sure he'll he'll be involved in the game. Um, you know, he's it's in his it's in his it's his family kind of thing. You know, his father is the is the commissioner of the XFL, and you know what, Daryl? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see Andrew Luck in the XFL someday. I don't know, but right. I'm I'm just saying I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Another quarterback that has been drawn some attention, Daniel Jones, New York mm-hmm. Giants. 
Now, yeah. Daryl, you and I had several conversations about Daniel Jones on the podcast. Going back to our episode two uh, from the draft combine and um, our NFL draft episode, which are all available in the archives, uh, easily mm-hmm. accessible on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. I implore you to go listen to them. Mm-hmm. We went on the record in February, okay? Yep. And then again in the draft. And we both said, Daniel Jones is the guy. Trust me, this is the, this is the guy. Basically, long story short, here's your guy right here. You want a guy? Here yep. he is. Yep. Then he gets drafted at the sixth pick overall. Because it's New York, everybody loses their shit. And he, this guy was basically buried day one of the draft before he even had a chance to put on his hat, his little draft mm-hmm. hat. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing it from uh, from some people. Shout out to Fishtown Tony. He he's he's keep. We've got a bet going, so we'll we'll address Fishtown Tony when it's time. But I just want to th- rattle off a few little numbers here, Daryl. Mm-hmm. So in his three game appearances so far in the preseason, he's twenty five for thirty. Mm-hmm. 83.3% completion. Yep. 10 yards per attempt. Yep. 12 yard average completion. Mm-hmm. And two touchdowns. Yeah. So to me, it seems like that's a guy when I see 10, you can cr- jump in here with your expertise whenever you feel necessary, Daryl. When I see a number like 10 yards per attempt that to me tells me that every time that that guy throws the ball he is trying to get a first down and and move the offense down the field not be a game manager move move the offense and when i see that his average completion on 25 out of 30 mm-hmm. is 12 yards that tells me that he is successful in moving the change which as i've learned the nfl is a it's a game of attrition yeah all that shit adds up, man. All that shit adds up, you know. Um, and don't get me wrong; I know the, the faithful, the faithful Giants fans that that do <laughs> exist, and the ones that, you know, are fair weather and on the fence. However, we want to categorize you. You, you and we 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 were just talking about this, brother. They were just saying the numbers don't fucking lie never they don't lie you can say whatever you want you can throw stuff on the wall and call it art you know what i mean look the numbers don't lie you know and when i hear those numbers when i see his when i see his play there's a word that comes to mind and it's what the nfl is predicated upon and you know what it's what life is predicated upon and if i were to go even deeper get even more granular it's what the everyman is predicated upon. You know what that word is? That word is production. Mm. That's what it is. Either you, are you are man, the man produces. Just to just to compare and contrast. Now, this is a positive podcast, and we'll you're never going to hear the kind of of you know if you're looking for a positive take on on the NFL and what's happened with it. You're going to get to hear that this season on the NFL. Daryl and I are, are not here to trash anybody, okay? No, we're not. However, I will throw out this statistic, and, and we'll just let these numbers do what they do. I mean, the numbers do what they do. They do what they do. I'm not making these numbers. 
We can't control those little numerical heroes that exist in the truth of space time and it's continuum like it's ones and zeros, bro. It's binary. I got no control over this. So Uh Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, first overall pick. Okay. Mm -hmm. 14 out of 21, 66.7 completion percentage. Mm -hmm. But the real telling number again, 6.5 yards per attempt. So, Hey, Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens because I, I what I suspect is going to happen mm-hmm. somewhere around. I would be shocked if it takes till Halloween, but yeah. somewhere around Halloween, Daniel Jones will end up starting, and mm-hmm. the Giants will go on a run because they've got a generational talent with Saquon yeah. Barkley at running yeah. back, and then they've got a guy now who can put the ball yeah. anywhere he wants at any time consistently, and is seems to be unflappable. So so let's let's I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw something else in here. And this 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 may not be a number, but this this is factual. The numbers that you are getting, the ones that you're hearing on this podcast from Daniel Jones aren't from the Daniel Jones that's been locked into a starting rotation here. This is Daniel Jones behind a 2 and 3 line making these numbers. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just I'm just putting it out there on the information superhighway in digital format just from let my the voice numbers let them this, lay where they lay. From this wonderful Uber mic that's crafted with perfection. It's I mean it's just what it is. Just gonna have to stay tuned. I, just gonna have to keep an eye on it. So I mean, so Fishtown Tony, we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, every man podcast is standing by our, our side of the, uh, of the equation here. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, people think that the preseason doesn't matter. Oh, it does. But it's, it's so important. It's so important the, because the players that you're going to see that are surprising you in November and December, late in the year, that Bill Belichick is stashing this guy all season long for one play that he pulls off to beat the Steelers at some point, which I know he will do. Um, you know, that stuff's figured out now. And those guys that are, that are those breakout players, they're identified in the preseason. And yeah. it, it's really important. So, like, you know, I'm watching the Steelers the other night, and, you know, um, you got James Washington looking looking pretty good, looking like he's coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Juju. Well, I don't know if you saw that picture that went out of, of Juju, his rookie year versus him this year. Mm-hmm. And his legs have doubled. Yeah, it's so he's he's ready. He's ready to be number one. Well, it's just like that picture you sent me when he was, you know, doing his Kamehameha wave, Dragon Ball Z ode to Dragon Ball Z, Goku Kamehameha wave, and um, his caption was, "Hey, this isn't even my final form." Terrifying. It's unbelievable, man. Yeah, I'm. It's, un- <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm, to think uh, about. You know. AB was great watching him play. You know, it was great having him as a Steeler. But you know, he revealed his true identity, and uh, he's he's uh, he's Oakland's blessing now. And yeah. uh, you know, watching Hard Knocks, how can you not enjoy it? I'm sure you yeah. had a blast being a part of it. So entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Gruden is just you know, I I used to think when I was watching Monday Night Football. And they would show those segments of like him on his little bus, mm-hmm. 
interviewing the quarterback. And I always got the vibe that like that smirk was him. He wasn't just happy to be there. He knew he was just gathering data. Mm -hmm. It's like you guys let the enemy in the gates. You brought him into your goddamn quarterback room. You're showing him all the footage. And then now he's a coach again. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. now Now it's time to drop that spider to why banana on all your asses. <laughs> but like how many coaches now feel probably like, God damn it. Why did we let Gruden in the room? You know what? I think all coaches feel that because I think Gruden is like Vic Fangio. Um, he's one of the last old school dawning mentality type coaches. Like he's, he's that guy. And He's not about stats. He's not about, he's about one-on-one, mano-a-mano, bone-on-bone, like, destruction. And this guy beats this guy, that guy plays. Two men enter, one man leave. Like, that's that's what Gruden is all about. Now, the cool thing, one thing I love what you said is, Gruden is a very smart coach. And all this time in those, you know, in the booth, behind the, you know, behind the table, you know, kind of, we talked about that charismatic attribute earlier, right? That's Just, right. You know, getting into the minds and hearts of all those Joe fans at home. And now, oh, he is, it's its black and white, baby, for real. You know what I mean? But it's like he got paid, I don't know, probably $60 million over the course of that 10-year spread by ESPN to to scout. Stacking data, bro. On, on guys that are all still in the league. It's, it's like, Stacking data. I bet you, I bet you this mistake won't happen again. Like, and I wouldn't say mistake, but this, it's like the NFL, the business of it is, is very interesting to me because every now and then you get these situations. Like if you recall the poison pill back with Steve Hutchinson between Minnesota and Seattle, where it had never been done and they figured out, well, Hey, he's got to match this contract. We can offer you X amount guaranteed right now. And we'll just prorate it over the, and it's like, Whoa, they can't, Oh, we can basically make it impossible for them to counter. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. changed the game, you know, the, when these guys, these, and this is the thing that people don't think about when they're thinking about pro sports, the owners of these clubs, whatever they did to get the money to own a franchise, that's relatively small potatoes business wise to what their main thing is. Oh yeah. Whoever, whatever team you like. Go to the owner's Wikipedia page and find out how they made their fortune. It'll yeah. blow your mind where some of these guys got their money from. And then mm-hmm. you look at the business of the NFL, and it's not that surprising when things play out the way they do, especially when it comes to things like, you know, affecting maybe some group spent $500 million to ensure a certain activity before every right. game, and it becomes different. Yeah. Don't be surprised because there's money involved. Well, I mean, you, we had like whatever that activity might be, you know, and how it ties in economically with respect to, you know, the country as a whole. Like, right. I mean, there's there's a lot, a lot of moving a lot parts going into it. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. And you hear about it. There was something recently with the Miami owner and you hear about it with, you know, Jim Isray is always in the news or mm-hmm. Robert Kraft is in the news. And it's like, guys, you got to understand, they're not going to allow 
the business of the NFL to for things to happen like, oh, we're going to let a guy who's a Super Bowl winning head coach go sit in the broadcast booth for 10 years and then gain the trust of all these teams, get all of their in-depth knowledge, and then go back to playing? I don't think so. Like, like it's like Bill Cowher. Everybody kind of thought that that's what Bill Cowher was doing, but it got to a certain point where it's like, nah, he's he's good. He's yeah. he's really, he's done. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. But you saw that with Jason Witten. He comes out for a year. Yeah. Goes back in. Yeah. That's it. That's it. The revolving door continues. That's it, man. I mean, you can't blame them. You know, they they want to they want to extend their their playing time, but it is weird when I see a, an active player in the booth. Mm-hmm. Not naming you know, any names, but I, that's well, like that seems like a uh, a breach of the brotherhood. Well, I think I think that's been in the media for for quite some time. I know. Um, I think what was the last thing? I think uh, Olin Cruz talked about it with respect to Brandon Marshall when he was you know. Right. On, on the Bears, and, and I know there are a couple, couple other players that have done it. Um, I, I think all in all, I feel, and this is just me, my personal opinion, I feel there's a tasteful way to go about it. You, I, I feel there's a tasteful way you can go about it in, in order to, to achieve whatever goal you, you want to achieve as a player, an active player, to be a, poor, be a part of the media, to be a host, to be a whatever it is that you want to be um, with respect to that. But that's all based upon how you bring it to the team before you engage in that activity. The Olin Coots of the, the Olin Crutes of the world, the Brian Erlackers of the world, the you know long time and respected leaders of uh, veteran locker rooms that are all about the team and all about the team being together and being all about team activities, one mind, one band, one sound type stuff, right? If you do not bring it to the team and you just kind of go willy nilly off on your own merry way, and the next thing you know, you're, you know, on TV. Right. That's not going to fly, bro. Because. Not a good team move. Oh, not a good team move. And we're not even talking about brotherhood. That's a whole. (laughs) It's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Yes. That's that's a whole other thing. That's, That's like street cred. Like, you don't even. Like we will handle that on our own. Like that's what that type of thing is. You know what I mean? We're just talking about what's right, what's wrong, what's respectable, um, what's 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 good for etiquette. You not bringing to the team first, and we see you on television, and we know we have a game against this, and you're over here talking about. I mean, nah, not on duty, bro. Just not on duty. Um, and I think that's 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 kind of. Um, widespread throughout every every locker room you know what i mean so you've got to have it's trust man you know that's that's what it is it's just it just all boils down to trust you know what i mean it's you know it's 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 like um it's like in corporate america it's 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 why they want to know if you have any other uh outside um um employment while you're on the job here, you know what I'm saying? Like right. that's any conflicts that's, of interest. That's it. That's all they want to know. And when, when you just, it's like, if I'm here, it's like, if I'm here, right? Like it, at NFL films. And then, you know, they see me on television, you know, uh, playing hockey or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those things. 
you see so many uh, avenues now for players to get into stuff outside of the game that, I mean, you can't hate them for trying stuff. And I, I think sometimes it's probably like, hey, man, I thought it was cool. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room, but I can see it going that way. Um, another player that uh, I've been keeping an eye on, uh, Devin Bush from the Steelers. They, they jumped up 10 spots to get the young man. Had that killer uh, killer f- box fade, ponytail, leather chest strap combo. It was a great kind of uh, Spartan, Trojan. Bondage. Like, like bondage slash, you know, um, chain. I, I, I don't even know what it was. Great, it was a great, it was a great way to bring a lot of worlds together. Let's put it that way. I mean, it's like Run DMC meets, you know, uh, Gladiator, I, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Well, he's still rocking the, the hair, and he looks sick yeah. uh, with that. But he's been he's been lighting it up. What do you, what do you think about him uh, with your with your defensive uh, specialty there? Um, defense is hard. Um, offense, I think because offensively there's so many different moving parts. Um, I think that because of the nature of offense, you'll get more of a worldview in preseason to predicate whatever it is that the said player is going to be, um, and how that'll matriculate over to the season. Defense is hard because, um, like even even me, for instance, it's just like, okay, we just want to make sure that you're functional within the package that you're playing, whether it's sub, whether it's uh, uh, main, whether it's 4-3, whether it's otherwise. We just want to make sure that you can revolve in and out of these 11 pieces you know, that we're setting out here, and you can, you can functionally uh, perform at the level we need you to um, to stop an offense. It's, you know, I feel like defense is more, it's, it's, it's just, just, there's there's a finality to it that exists where you know um, it's easier than offense when it comes to the preseason. I'd like to see him after the first two or three games, where it's you're you're going against you're going against the best of the best every time for multiple plays. It's almost like Aaron Donald in the soup, like you know uh, what was the the the. Kansas City, where he had like three sacks or right. two sacks, three, four, you know what I mean? And then you find out that he played that whole game and he never came out. You know what I'm saying? I want to see you in a game like that. You know what I mean? Not against, okay, well, you, you're playing against the number two or number three guy that may not even make the team. And, yeah, you're making some plays, and it's good to know that you can do that. Hey, that's that's value. But let, let's talk about Devin Bush week three, week four, week five. You know what I'm saying? First quarter of the season. I think the thing that people get excited about with these defensive players is the um, like attack velocity, right? So like yeah. when you see them, when you see somebody in the preseason running through the line of scrimmage, it's like, oh yeah, here we go, is our boy. But you know, like you said, maybe a little, well, wait, well, maybe a little I, I, wait and see. Why, why, why I say it, and, I, and and it's not that I'm running away from the question for all those out there who think that I am. It's the, here's the thing: it's just that defensively offenses game plan for you. And right now this is the first time they're seeing Devin Bush. You see what I'm saying? They haven't so tried like, to really stop him. They're just trying to really stop the scheme. 
Absolutely. Like the the Tommy Harris's of the world, the Tank Johnson's who we've had on this podcast, the the guys who once the season, once the dawn of the season kicked off, it didn't matter what the fuck you did, whether right. you game planned them or not. It's over. That's why you give me let me see two, three games of 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 one on ones versus one combat. And then I'll, I'll have a better you know aptitude to to uh, uh, to gauge where Devin Bush stands. In my honest opinion, that's, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Well, to to, to wrap it up this week, uh, we need to talk about something that's been kind of uh, tearing the world apart, Daryl. It's it's been uh, it's been real. And uh, of course, I'm talking about the Great Chicken War of 2019. Oh, my God. Well, uh, for, before we even get, let, yeah, let's let's get let's set the, the let's set the stage here. Stage. I so, know. So let's let's explain what's going on. Do it. We live in a world where Chick-fil-A has dominated the fast food chicken. Dominated. As long as I can remember as a young, young boy going to the mall with my mom and my brother, going to Chick-fil-A and getting those sweet, sweet nuggies. Pinnacle. Nuggies and lemonade. Okay. Waffle fries on the side. That's how, that's how I've been living. Now, you know, Back in some of my in my younger young days, when I was of course of, of legal age, my hangover cure, two two Chick Fil A chicken sandwiches and a Powerade. Okay, Absolutely. I could do anything after that. Absolutely, conquer the world. I'm I'm no stranger to a Chick Fil A. I've got the app. I'm a member. I get the points. Okay, I'm but in I, with Chick Fil A. Even I don't need to be vested like that. My body is all the accreditation I need. <laughs> Just look look at my body of work. Plus 300 pounds. That's all you need to know. It's all you That's need it. to know is that we're eating Chick-fil-A. That's it. The fast food world is always, they're competitive. And now, especially with social media, they're like, you have these brands on Twitter where like Wendy's is, is starting like Twitter feuds with Popeye's or with KFC or with whomever. And it's, it's entertaining and it becomes like a little, it gets a little traction and it goes away. Yeah. Well, Popeye's decided to dust off their, their gloves and, just throw haymakers at Chick-fil-A. Dude. Now, Chick-fil-A makes themselves an easy target for a number of reasons, which our listeners, you're all aware of. Right. Everybody's gunning for them, but the thing is always like, man, while the chicken is so fucking good, what is my alternative? Right. Enter the great chicken war of 2019. Some brilliant, brilliant person in marketing down at the Popeye's facility in Louisiana, I can mm-hmm. only assume, said, hey, you know what? We've got, it's not arguable, we've got better chicken than Chick-fil-A. Mm. Nobody's going to question like, oh, chicken tenders? Popeye's, sure. But do I really want to go to Popeye's? Or is Chick-fil-A here? No, I don't. Some genius was like, hey, why don't we get some pickles? Mm. Get get a couple buns. Did it. And we'll just put this, we'll just put it together. Yeah. And then we'll go head to head with Chick-fil-A and we'll just sling shit on Twitter. That's it, man. So it gets to like a fever pitch, maybe. I'm jumping ahead. So about a week and a half ago, over the weekend, I start hearing about this Popeye's chicken sandwich on Reddit. And I see some pictures of it, and I'm like, all right, well, this can't be real. Right. This must be like a one-off, like the special Popeye's got it together somewhere at like LSU's campus or something. They're like doing a deal. Right. There's a Popeye's less than a mile away from my neighborhood. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do some journalism here. 
put on my little journalist hat. Yeah. And I went up to Popeye's and I got myself two chicken sandwiches. I got a spicy one and I got a regular one. And I and came home and I ate them both in unbelievable record time. Right. And I texted you and said, bro, we need to have a conversation about this Popeye's chicken sandwich. This shit is unreal. You did so do that. The, it's insane. So then I got hooked on the chicken sandwich. So I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Daryl, you, this is important. The mm-hmm. only thing I can equate this to was the Pokemon Go craze. Right. Daryl, I... Except you a, can't eat Pokemon Go. Well, <laughs> you should. I mean, I guess, you, yeah, you probably should. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that I visited four different Popeyes. Right. And I got sandwiches at all of them. Yeah. Two states. Right. Consistent. They were great. Top notch. Right. But the crazy thing was I walk in there and I'm counting. There's literally 42 people in line ahead of me. And they, right. they and the drive through is wrapped around the store. Absolutely. Never seen anything like it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We've set the table. Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's. The Great Chicken War of 2019. Yeah. What what happened with you? What was your experience in tra- in, in in this uh, endeavor? Well, the, the, the let's let's just put this out there. Um, Popeyes has not only set the bar; they've they've redefined it because yours truly has yet has yet to have the experience that he would like to have with this chicken sandwich. Do you know why that is? Tell me the reason why that is, is because in the area known as Mount Laurel, New Jersey, there is a shortage of chicken sandwiches. That's how good it is. Lines wrapped around the block. At a Popeye's. At a Popeye's. Wrapped around the Popeye's, which extends beyond the block that also extends to Route 73s and 38s that, you know, and then when you get up to you find out that there is a shortage of chicken sandwiches in the immediate New Jersey area. Dude, come on, man. Come on. It's it's crazy. I mean, dude. I'll put it to you like this. I have probably, if not once or twice, every day, this week, last week, week before, someone has said something about not there has been a there has been a, a discussion about their frustrations and not being able to get a chicken sandwich if they've already had one and they're jonesing for it or they're frustrated with not being able to try it because there's none in the area or they are out. It's just what it is. And that's not happening at Chick-fil-A right now. You no. can go to Chick-fil-A right now and get whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, they don't run out of chicken. I got to give them props on that. They do that's, not run out of chicken. Like, let me like if if I were to equate it, if I was to put if I were to put this in the lyric, if I were to formulate something to quantify just what we're dealing with in this chicken war, it's like going to it's like going to Pizza Hut and you get there and they say, you know what? I apologize, we ran out of dough. <laughs> yeah, we ran out of dough. We just can't. We can't make any more pizzas. We cannot make any more of our staple food because the demand for the dough of in which we make the pizzas we just don't have people have bought us out that's what it's like yeah i've never i've never seen a a response quite like this that's what it's like and you know 
I'm very observant. I like to keep an eye on things. And as I'm sitting in the Popeyes, a noticeable demographic shift in what's normally a Popeyes experience. Yeah. I saw, I saw more young millennial age girls taking snap chats and Instagram stories and a Popeye's than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's insane. Dude, there was, there was an Instagram post by Shannon Sharp comparing you. He used this via dress suit dress, the difference between Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich and Popeye's chicken sandwich. And it was like the upstanding proper crossed <laughs> Chick-fil-A sandwich versus the most important man in the world pouring a bottle of <laughs> Popeye's chicken sandwich. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole different deal. I mean, it's if, like twice the volume, too. If I were to share another experience and, you know, this is just pure it's it's comedy for me to literally try to calm down my coworkers because they they don't know how to express their relation about the buttery nature of the the buns. Dude, those buns are buttery. <laughs> On a Popeye's ticket sandwich. Dude, we're, we're talking are, about brioche here, folks. Brioche my, buns. In my place of bis, business, we are talking about the consistency, the buttery nature of those these buttery brioche. buns. Buttery brioche buns. Not shit on TV, but buttery brioche buns. That's that's the center of the conversation. It's it, it it's uh yeah, it's stunning. So if you haven't had an opportunity, I'm actually probably gonna take an opportunity after we wrap this up and go get myself one and as we speak. They're great. But you know, take it easy on the on the Popeye staff because I've seen some stories on, on Reddit of like People, there was a guy lined up at this one store and he bought all of them. Like he was there when it opened and he wanted every single one of them. And then he went out, he was selling them on Facebook. $10 wow. a pop. Wow. Flipping, he's flipping Popeye sandwiches, making making 50% profit. It's incredible. Flipping that brioche, baby. Yeah, come on, baby. I got brioche. How much do you need? It's, <laughs> it's incredible. And like I've talked a couple people into it. You know, shout out to my, my brother, Will Sweeney. I was like, bro, dude, I know you're not a fast food guy. I'm not really either, man. But you got to go get yourself one of these sandwiches. Next thing I know, he's sending me a picture from the drive-thru. He's like, yeah, dude, I got two. One of them didn't make it out of the parking lot. Jesus. Yeah. That's how that's good correct. they are. So I so I encourage it. Um, also, it's fun to, uh, you know, get a little debate going on something lighthearted like uh, chicken sandwiches in a world that's so serious at times. It's nice to be able to focus on things like pickle density and brioche bun buttery buttery consistency dude the pickles make the chick-fil-a pickles look like a joke you oh, just, yeah. they shouldn't even be allowed to call them pickles like they're like they're like cucumber sized slices of delicious pickle it's it's like the pickle like realized that it was the i'll put it like this the Chick-fil-A pickles realized that they were the before picture and they needed to be after. Yes. And so they went over to Popeye's and just got their workout on. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it's like. It's like the Vin Diesel of chicken sandwiches. That's it. It's great. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's what's on, that's what's on our minds. 
mm-hmm. the great chicken more, um, some some excellent preseason action. Daniel Jones, we're watching you, brother. And yeah, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what might happen next? Bush, that breakdown is coming week three, baby. That's right. We're going. It's <laughs> coming week three, baby. Week three. It, I, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm with it. We got, uh, like I said, Tommy Rogers from Between the Barrier to Me next week. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Swapcast with Audio Addiction, our boy Brandon. Yeah, baby. Coming up. And, uh, you know, we're going to be covering some football. A little yeah, bit man. of that, too. Oh, yeah. And uh, doing some stuff with the Philadelphia Union when we can fit it in. Yeah, no. Just keeping, uh, just keeping busy on this everyman journey. So if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to like and subscribe. Apple Podcast, yeah, SoundCloud, Spotify. Stitcher, TuneCast. I don't even know what TuneCast is, bro, but I started seeing that on our on our stats. So yeah. whoever you are on TuneCast, thanks for checking us out. We appreciate We're still it. Still working on being able to subscribe smoke signals. So. Yeah, well, I'm developing that. The, the issue, the barrier of entry there is is, is simply just the, the sheer volume of wood, um, accelerant, uh, obviously yeah. place to store all these things. It's no, very it's We very don't want to interfere with the vectors that patrol our our skies for uh commercial flight so no we could affect yeah. we could affect change we're not looking for daryl yeah. campbell it's been a pleasure my brother i will see you very soon yeah